You're listening to the Rua Space Podcast. friends, welcome to the Rua Space Podcast. I'm Phil, and we are bringing you a very special episode today. And you can probably hear the nice thunderstorm going on in the background, which I find actually oddly comforting and calming. But anyway, if you hear that in the background, no worries. Uh, But like I said, we're bringing a very special episode today. This is the first time we're doing this, and I hope you really enjoy it. We had Father Albert Haas join us for a event that we videoed and then put out on YouTube, and it was called Electio Divina on Your Life. And so this is a video that you can go on YouTube and watch, and Father Albert leads us through this practice where we practice listening to our own story to discover God. And so what I've done is we've taken that live event, because I know not everyone watches video or they prefer to listen to something in their car, and we've turned it into this podcast episode so that you can listen while you're doing the dishes, while you're at work, while you're driving, whatever makes sense to you. So this is an event that we recorded, and it was a video, and we do a discussion. And so uh, I just pray it's a blessing to you. If you have the space, I do encourage you to actually do the practice that he leads us through partway through because I think it can really help you to see the ways that God has shown up in your own story. And then we go through my own experience with the practice, sort of debriefing um, what it was like for me and drawing some conclusions from it. So anyway, with that, friends, thank you for joining us. I pray that you are blessed, challenged, and encouraged by this special event that we did with Father Albert Haas called Electio Divina on Your Life. Father Albert, I am very excited for this event that we are doing together, Lectio Divina on your life. So mm. welcome. Well, thanks. It's great to be. It's great to be back on your show, Phil. So I know that there are people coming from both of our audiences to this, and so this is the Rua Space. Uh, ministry, and our name comes from the Hebrew word for ruach, which is breath and spirit. And so we do a lot of podcasting and blogging and courses and events just around making space because we believe that God is still speaking and we are invited to listen. And so we just help to make space in people's lives through all kinds of spiritual disciplines. And Father Albert has come on the podcast a number of times. He's a serious friend of the show. He's been a personal blessing to me. And so I am just really excited to get to do a video event with Father Albert. And so why don't you talk a little bit about you, who you are for those who may not know, which would be well, wait, surprising. Before, but... before I even introduce myself, Phil, you might want to just remind people of your of the website, your website, www ruaspace.com and you can and, sign up for our and, newsletter there um, we do videos on Facebook we do live events we've got courses coming out now um, so there's the newsletter there's Facebook and the website and for those of us who are not familiar with Hebrew you might have to spell out Rua yes yeah, so it is actually spelled R-U-A-C-H so there's that sound at the end, but we changed it a little bit just to make it more uh, user-friendly, if you will, to be R-U-A-H. So R-U-A-H space.com. So we dropped the C. 
Okay. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. Well, so I, so I'm a Catholic priest. I'm a Franciscan, which means I'm a follower, uh, Francis of Assisi. So I live my Christian discipleship according to the rule that St. Francis wrote in 1223. And currently I'm the chaplain at Cedar Brig Catholic Retreat Center in Temple, Texas, which is in the Roman Catholic Diocese of Austin. And I've also authored a couple of books. I think I've, I have 11 books all dealing with spiritual formation and the spiritual life because it's the stuff I'm passionate about. Just a couple books, you know. <laughs> so a couple weeks ago we Well now wait, you gotta tell you gotta tell my friends who are watching us who you are. Because they they probably are wondering who is this guy <laughs> Father Albert is talking to. Yeah, so my name is Phil and uh, my wife and I started Rua Space. And so I'm a pastor just south of Chicago at an evangelical covenant church. And spiritual disciplines are just really central to me. They've helped me in so many ways, not just connect with God, but connect to my own story. Um, I've dealt with a lot of anxiety in, me, in my life. And so it has really helped me in those aspects as well. So um, I'm a pastor and uh, I love doing things online and podcasting and getting to know new people. So uh, that's kind of my ministry, kind of through a few different outlets. And isn't, isn't your church in the suburb of Orland, Orland Park? It is, yeah, just south of Chicago, Orland Park, okay. Illinois. So if you're in Orland Park or near, you know, stop by. Because I've got some, I've got some friends I, I suspect who might be listening to this podcast from Orland Park. So I just want to make sure they know who I'm talking to. Love it. And in, so, in case they see you, in case they see you at the mall. Absolutely. Well, someday when we're allowed to go back to the mall someday, <laughs> That's right? True. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So a number of weeks ago, Father Albert came on the podcast and was talking about the four D's of the spiritual life, uh, such as darkness and depression and dark nights and desolation. And that was an awesome episode. You know, I think it was really a blessing. I've had a lot of really positive feedback about that. But we wanted to then do a practice around one of those D's of darkness. So we want to talk a little bit about darkness in this event, and then Father Albert is going to lead us through a practice with it. So let's kick off. Let's talk about darkness. Darkness is around all the time, but especially right now with this pandemic in the world, with people's lives being turned upside down, darkness is, I feel like, even more prevalent. Well, you know, Phil, let me tell you something. So, you know, traditionally in the spiritual tradition, which is what I'm most familiar with, we talk about the dark night of the person. Mm. But I think what this coronavirus pandemic is reminding us that the world itself goes through a dark night. And traditionally, we have always said you don't choose the dark night. You are led to the dark night kind of goes back to that wonderful verse that Jesus at the end of John's gospel where Jesus says to Peter you know when you were young you put on your own pants and you put on your own belt and you went where your doggone wanted to go but then there'll come the day when you will be led to a place where you do not want to go and so I think it's important for all of us to remember that whether we're experiencing a dark night of the world as we currently are with the COVID-19 pandemic, or we're talking about a moment of darkness in our own personal lives, we need to always remember these, this is like, let me put it this way, this is the dark side of grace. 
You know, so many times we think of grace as being amazing grace that saved a wretch like me. But there's also a dark side to grace because grace can also uproot us, challenges our thinking, challenges how we think about God. It challenges us to, it's almost like it's a form of purification. So I think we need to remember that suffering and darkness is always the dark side of grace that is meant to purify and to reorient us into a more deeper experience of this God who is unconditional love. Well said. So when someone is feeling darkness then, I think we want to help distinguish that then from depression and from desolation, just so people know a little bit. So I know we're not talking about those other ones in depth, but can you sort of share the differences then so people know what that experience is? I'll share real quick and then I'll just invite them to go back to your podcast when we talked about that a couple of weeks ago on the Ruiz Space podcast. So depression is an emotional experience. Depression is when I have a hard time just getting out of bed. I just want to spend the whole day in bed. Or another way of putting it, depression is that time when I have a hard time showing up for life. That's what depression is, as an emotional experience. Desolation in the traditional sense of the word, desolation is any experience I have that tends to move me away from God. So whenever I have a feeling descend upon me and it tempts me away from my relationship with God, that is the traditional understanding of what St. Ignatius of Loyola in the 16th century called desolation. And then there is darkness, and darkness is always an invitation to a deeper experience of God. And what is so unique about darkness is, unlike depression, where when I'm depressed, I have a hard time showing up for life, in darkness, I suddenly have all of this ministerial energy that I'm more than willing to, even though, even though interiorly I might be have the feeling of being abandoned by God, I am still on fire with ministry. You know, think of Mother Teresa of Calcutta. She had the she had the longest documented dark night in the history of Christian spirituality, almost 49 years of being in darkness, and yet those periods of darkness were filled with intense ministerial energy. So it's kind of, it's so unique, this darkness. It really is something, I don't choose it. I'm led into it. I'm led into it by God's grace, and it helps to expand my understanding of who God really is and not who I tend to think God is. Yeah, I can blow up some of those false images that we may have and those um, or even images that were true for a time, but that we're ready now to go to a new place. Um, 
Yeah, because we outgrow our images of God, and that's that's part of what makes darkness so painful. Because this God that I have believed in, this God that I have worshipped all my life, and now all of a sudden I ask myself, where is this loving God as I stand before my house that has been destroyed by a tornado or a hurricane? So that's what makes that's what makes spiritual darkness so painful because it takes away the very thing that you and I always lean on which is our image of God yeah and I know for many of us in the world right now um, things have been turned upside down in different ways and I know that for some people it may feel like where where is God in all of this where is hope in all this I mean that's how our conversation got started as we were as we've been talking through this pandemic um, the the difficulty sometimes of holding on to hope in the midst yeah. of so much chaos Right, right, exactly. Because because the thing is, hope is not something that we can we can instill in ourselves. Hope is a grace from God. Mm-hmm. But there are spiritual practices that help us to be open to hope. And I think one of the spiritual practices is the one that we want to share with your listeners today, what I like to call the Lexio Divina on my life. Traditionally, we think of Lexio Divina as meditating on a word in scripture, but I'd like to say that our very lives are a love letter written by God to the world. And so we can do Lexio Divina on our very life, and hopefully that can help to open us up to the gift of God's hope. Amen to that. You know, we, we, you've dropped in before. We do Lectio Divina live every on Sunday on Facebook at 8 That's p.m. Right. So a right. little That's plug right. there for that. So I know many of the people listening to this are used to that practice. And so this is going to be very fun and unique, whether you've ever done Lectio Divina or not. Um, and whether you feel like you're in a place of deep darkness or not, this is a practice that is meant to open you to God's grace, to God's voice, to God's presence. So we're just excited you're here and we pray that wherever you are on that journey, that I, I think this will be a blessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's wonderful that this is an ecumenical event. This is what I, what I love about working with you, Phil. You know, it's kind of like we get to transcend our theological differences and come down to where we really are united. And that is in our desire to follow Jesus and in our desire to open ourselves up to God's grace. Amen. You know, we're all going to be in heaven together anyway, right? So we gotta, <laughs> we better figure this out now. <laughs> I just want you to know, though, I'm going to be on the Catholic side. <laughs> are the houses nicer over there? Or yeah, not I think as... so. Oh, I think man. They have, but they have nicer lawns. All right. Well, nice... we'll, we'll talk afterward about how I can, you know. <laughs> so this is going to be about a 10 or a 12-minute practice. And, and just yeah. kind of invite people, what might they need for this practice? I'll yeah, put so it in might, the notes might... as well. They might want to get like a notebook, a piece of paper or something and a pen because I've got I've got six questions. And the way we're going to do this is I'm, I'm going to state the question then I'm going to give people like an, a minute, minute, minute and a half to just briefly write down. And remember, when, you, when you're writing this down, as you're working through this process, you don't have to write in full sentences. Just write down what comes to you immediately. And it doesn't have you're writing for yourself. You're not writing for an audience. And so we got we got six questions. We got we'll we have like a, a minute and a half between each question. So I would invite people that when when I go silent, just to be aware of the fact that we're going to be silent for about a minute, minute. 
absolutely. So if you need to pause it right here to grab a pen and paper, you can absolutely do that and then come back. And then we will put in a little bit of background music during that silence as well. And then uh, we'll go from there. So Father Robert, I'm going to mute myself and allow you to guide us in this practice. And then afterwards, we're going to talk through my experience. And then hopefully in some way it could connect friends to what you've experienced as well. And I think it's important to real quick just to, to, to remind your listeners that you, you don't know what's coming up either. So you have I haven't told you what the six questions are. So you're going to be experiencing this along with the very people who are watching us on YouTube. Absolutely. So, Father Albert, I turn it over to you. All right. OK. So God has given me the gift of life. I am the word of God, just as Jesus was the Word of God. And one day of my life, God decided to speak me into existence. I'd like to invite you to think back to the darkest period of your life. It could be the end of a relationship. It could be burying someone you love. It could be the loss of a job. It could be the destruction of a home by a natural disaster. It could be a grave dream that became a disappointment. When did darkness descend upon your life? How did you feel as you stood in this darkness? Were you scared, angry, depressed? Did you feel abandoned, perplexed, unsettled, humiliated, resentful, distressed, uncared for? How did you feel?
at the time it descended upon you, how did the darkness affect your relationship with God? Did it make you angry with God? Did it make you feel abandoned by God? Or did it, did it strengthen and invigorate your relationship with God? How did the darkness affect your relationship with God? As you stood in the darkness, who ministered to you? Who helped you to navigate through the darkness? Was it the spouse, a friend, a pastor, a neighbor? Who helped you get through the darkness and how did they help you? Today, as you look back on this dark period of your life, what have you learned? What has the darkness taught you? What lesson did you walk away with?
how has the darkness transformed you? How has it made you more loving and compassionate? Or has it hardened you into an insensitive, self-absorbed person? How did the darkness transform you for better or for worse? Now let's conclude praying the prayer of Thomas Merton, the 20th century Trappist monk. It's found in his book, Thoughts in Solitude. And it's a wonderful prayer to pray whenever we find ourselves groping in the dark. And so we pray. My Lord God, I have no idea where I am going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end. Nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I am following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, I will trust you always, though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death. I will not fear for you are ever with me and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you well, for leading that practice. Well, that's what I appreciate that. It's always a wonderful thing for me. It's always a, I think it's an, always a great little practice to do Alexio Divina on some of the important moments in our lives, whether there be moments of light or the moments of darkness. Yeah, and Lectio Divina just coming from that uh, invitation to listen, a divine or sacred reading. And so reading our own life and the way God has interacted. So, um, yeah. And you, and, and you know, Phil, that's really what discernment is all about. Mm -hmm. It's all about th that wonderful practice of discernment really is about trying to understand what is God up to in by life, whether it's a wonderful experience of light or whether it's a challenging experience of darkness. How do I see God working in this? Yeah.
Absolutely. Well, let's break down a little bit that practice then. So, so for me, um, you know, when you ask darkest period, you know, for me, I went back a few years ago to, uh, my wife and I lost two, uh, pregnancies. And so, um, in between our two sons, we now have our second son, you know, um, but yeah, it was a really difficult time because I think it was a uh, shattering of dream, you know, because we had our image and our hope of how things would go. And I think at the same time, I was going through a lot of difficulty in my career. And so it just felt like it sort of piled on the chaos that was already surrounding to then have this sort of personal loss. Um, so I think that was that was one of the darkest moments for sure. And, and you know, when, when we're going through those kind of those kind of moments of of burying people that we love, that is a radical radical challenge to our belief that God is loving, God is good. You know, it's a radical. It, it really upends the way we tend to think about God. And it's a, and it's a challenge to our egos because our ego always wants to be in control. It does. And I think that's one thing that it sort of brought up was how little we control mm. and how even when you feel like you're walking faithfully, things don't always go according to plan, right? It doesn't mean that right. things are always going to be good. And so I know for me, the feelings it brought up were that feeling of lostness, of confusion, of frustration, sort of an unsure ground, if that makes sense. Feeling a little bit like I didn't lose my belief in God, but there was a, like you talked about with Dark Night of the Soul, you know, or Dark Night, um, there was a reorienting going on, even though I, I can name it that now. But at the time, it was a disorientation. <laughs> Listen, hindsight is always twenty twenty. But you know, the purpose of that of that second question, in terms of asking how did you feel, because I think oftentimes for some of us, especially for us men, for some of us, especially men, we have a hard time naming our emotions, and so we te we tend to push them down, or we tend to medicate ourselves against our challenging emotions, whether that be through any kind of inappropriate behavior, whether that be through sex, through alcohol, through drugs. But, you know, we men, there are some feelings that we get nervous about feeling. And so one of the great challenges in the spiritual life, and as we do Lexio Divina on our life, is to know, how do I feel? Because feelings also are a way that God speaks to us. Absolutely. And I would encourage everyone to ask yourself, where in my body do I feel it? Because it, it, it's very easy, I've discovered for me, and, and, and this has been a growth process, to only... Uh, only process my emotions intellectually. But it's important when you're talking about naming them to actually feel them. And I mean, this kind of guides us into into number three, your question of um, well, what wait, this... wait, wait, before, before we go to number three, yeah. let me just say, because you're in the Chicago area and yeah. years ago, when, when you talk about how our feelings oftentimes express themselves in different parts of our bodies, years ago, there's a wonderful book written by a professor at the University of Chicago. His name was Eugene Glenlin, and his, the book is called Focusing. And it is simply a practical method 
of coming to learn where the your negative feelings are expressing themselves in your body. And so the book is called Focusing, and the author is Eugene Glenland. It's a great little practical book because, you know, God made us as embodied spirits. And so, you know, and Jesus took on flesh. And so we need to be aware of just how important our bodies are in terms of our spiritual life. And, of course, you and your wife know that so well with your practice of, yeah, of yoga and the spiritual dimension of that. Yeah, I mean, God calls our bodies good, right? We aren't exactly. just a brain. We are meant to live in that. And Jesus comes back with a body as the first fruits after the resurrection. So right. we're going to continue to be embodied. And that's right. a good thing. And I and I think that um, kind of flowing into three, I think the blessing, one of the ways that this sort of changed my relationship with God, or um, I think it ultimately strengthened it because... Part of what my wife and I learned through this is that our feelings are good and are communicating something and that God can handle that. I mean, you go back to Psalms and there is every emotion under the sun, right? I mean, they're even coming to God angry, confused. And I think what happened to me was a, a, a realization that God is bigger than what I had thought before, what I had maybe even experienced before. And that the feelings that came up during this time, I could take to God without them needing to be resolved right away. And, and you know, that, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted to hear you say that because I think the important thing is whenever we have negative feelings or we have these feelings that we're almost embarrassed to bring to God. And so like Adam and Eve, we go hiding. It's important to remember that by simply expressing these feelings to God, sometimes an emotional shift can occur, that God can work with my anger, God can work with my resentment and transform that and touch that so that I come to a deeper belief in him. But if I'm always hiding that feeling from God, I'm basically doing myself a grave disservice and I'm not being transparent. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I do want to note that, again, this is me now, years later, looking back on the experience, it makes it sound a lot smoother than it was. So um, you're, you know, as you were doing Lexio Divina in your life, you might have done something in the past or you might have all of a sudden felt something that happened recently that you're still going through. And so I just want to encourage you not to hear what, what I'm saying or as experienced and say, well, why don't I just get to a good spot? Like that isn't the, you know, that isn't the process there. I mean, I was just at a retreat a few weeks ago and uh, it, it came out again and it was painful. And I was crying in front of a room of 30 something people and there's me bawling my eyes out and it's years later and I still was feeling that pain. And so uh, just an encouragement to say it may, it may take a long time. It may not fully go away. Um, but I do know for me, it did reorient kind of the way I was seeing. It did invite me to see in a new way. I'm delighted to hear you say that because we call it spiritual growth mm. precisely for that. That it's always, it's a process. It's, it's not like, it's not like a, a one, you snap your fingers and you reach perfection, but that it's a, it's a process that's always going on. And as we work through our feelings, 
we they get transferred transformed in a deeper and deeper and deeper way. Yeah. Uh, but you have, you have to start somewhere, and sometimes it takes years. It takes years to work through a tragedy or, or a grave, grave hurt. You know, my father committed suicide when I was 13 years mm. old, and it must have taken me a good 14 years just to work through to work through that memory and to work through the guilt that people who are left behind by suicide oftentimes feel. So it's important. I'm glad that you brought that up. It's important to remember that all of this is a process that's yes. constantly going on as we open ourselves up to God's grace. And I think that's one of the invitations then of spiritual disciplines and of God's grace is that we are invited to go through that process. I think the danger a lot in culture, as you mentioned, and in our world is just to medicate it, to shove it down, to ignore it. And I think on the other side is the danger of, and people would come up and say this to us, you know, something like, well, this was God's plan and God has something better for you. Or, um, you know, those sort of responses of just trying to say, hey, with God, it's all okay. And I'm telling you something that can make it okay right now. And it's just oh. not true, right? And so I think there's on the one, they're both, they're both efforts to say, get through it as quickly as possible. Just get over it. One of them being ways of the world, like you mentioned, sex, alcohol, drugs, even work or uh, giving up completely. And on the other side is a false band-aid of Jesus died for you, so you're okay. Like that I, is just I, I, as false of a band-aid. Using, using Catholic imagery, I always like to say, the people who love to throw holy water on someone's <laughs> tragedy. Well, yeah, and God might have had a better plan, but you're not ready to hear it the day after a tragedy. Right. You know, it, ta it takes years to work through it. And, and so we do people a grave disservice when we go throwing holy water <laughs> on, their, on their tragedies and say, oh, just get over it. God's going to take care of it. Right. That's not always helpful. Right. And so these disciplines invite us to take it to God, to experience mm -hmm. it with God, with the mercy and grace and love. But it is still that process. So let's look at number four. Then you asked me about who helped me in it. Um, I've talked a little bit about the people who are not so helpful. in it, um, But, you know, I think I think those closest to me, you know, I think my wife, because she was going through it, um, we were able to process together family, you know, that people were, that were really close to us. And I think the ways that they helped us were um, being present, not giving quick answers, but, but offering us reminders over time and helping us to, you know, this was sort of that experience of Israel, you know, at the, at the sea with Pharaoh's army behind them. And what was their big issue? They forgot. They forgot what had just happened and they want to go back to Egypt. And so I think for me, the, the people in my life that were helpful reminders, not to solve it, but to inject those truths in the midst of the pain. And, and part of part of the rationale behind that fourth question is for us to realize that this is how God ministers to us mm. in our tragedy, that he comes to us 
as people, as friends. We lose a job and our, and our friends say, well, give me your resume. Let me, let me pass it around. Or as we grieve the loss of a child, neighbors come and bring us food. This is how God ministers to us. I, th- I think sometimes we, 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 tend, we, we look up and say, where is God in all of this? Where is God in all of this? As yeah. if the sky is going to open up. When in point of fact, God comes to us embodied in people who show love and care. I'm thinking right now, you know, during this coronavirus and the number of doctors, nurses, EMTs. This is how God is ministering to us through that their, their dedication and, and, and the risks that they are taking or with their own lives in order to help other people to continue to live. So that's why that question is so important because it helps to sharpen our sensitivity to the many ways that God ministers to us, not just in prayer, but also through people. Absolutely. Those are the, the ministers of reconciliation that Paul yeah. talks about. And, yeah, right. Oh, and I love, you know, God, Peter talking about we're being built into a spiritual house. Spiritual like house. we are God's mm-hmm. temple here on earth so we can approach one another. So let's look at the last two then. So remind me of question five because I have my so answer. Question number five is, as you look back on this period of darkness, what have you learned? What yeah. has the darkness taught you? And that kind of goes back to what we had talked about briefly, that over a period of time, you know, when we look back to an experience in hindsight, we can sometimes see how it can be transformed into a grace, even though as we were going through it, that was the last thing we could even think about. Right. And I think I talked about a couple of those lessons, but one I put down is just that um, trust when I don't see a way out and that I'm not in control. And mm-hmm. That is both challenging and freeing. Challenging because I like to be in control um, and freeing because there's a sense in which I can give up the anxiety of needing to have control and realize that even when something terrible happens, God still is present. God, you know, it, it brought scripture to life that God truly doesn't leave us or forsake us even in those even in those difficult times. And so um, I think it just opened my eyes to a bigger, more caring God through mm. something that was so terrible. Um, and still trying to remind myself of that when difficult things continue to happen. So I continue <laughs> then, to learn that and then, lesson. And then the sixth question, which was about, did it transform you into a more loving, a more loving, compassionate person, or did it make you more hardened? I think I became more empathetic. I think it was um, a chance now when other people are in pain to sit with them in a different way. And so I feel like it's... Uh, it was an invitation to see difficult circumstances in life in a new way. And now when someone else is suffering, um, rather than just offering the platitudes or the knowledge, it's an experience of sitting with somebody. So I think it's actually made me more empathetic, a better listener. Now, let me just pick up on that real quick, because I think part of empathy is not so much always having the quick word. You know, when you read the book of Job and after after Job has everything taken away, his three friends come and for seven days, they simply sit with him in silence. If the book could have just ended there. <laughs> The, the lesson would have been made. Right? Exactly. Exactly. And so I think it's important for all of us to remember that we can either be we can be transformed by suffering either into hardened people or more loving people. And if we allow it, 
if we allow it to transform us into more loving people, let's remember that love, empathy, and compassion sometimes don't have the magic word that, 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 that is to be spoken. It just brings a presence, and that very presence can be a symbol of hope for people. Amen. Father Abel, thank you for leading us through this practice. I Oh, it's great. It's fun. It's always fun being on your show, Phil. Well, and friends, feel free to drop comments. We will um, we will monitor this this video. And so if you comment with what your experience was like, I know I will respond to those. I can further them on to Father Albert, who can even send a response. Um, so please feel free to let us know what your experience was like. Uh, feel free to shoot us a message. Uh, we would love to continue to engage you in this practice. And I think this is a practice I'm going to do in some other contexts and so people will be seeing it coming up but uh yeah friends do please go check out father albert's books where can they find you online where can they find they, your books they can go to my website which is www.albertofm.org or they can go to uh to uh, amazon and just type in my name albert has h-a-a-s-e Perfect. And for us, you can find us at ruaspace.com, R-U-A-H-S-P-A-C-E.com. We're very active on Facebook. We have courses that we're doing. We have a lot of live events. We have a newsletter. So definitely uh, connect, with us, connect with us there for more ways to make space for the Holy Spirit. So friends, blessing. Father Albert, it was an honor. Thank you. Uh, listen, thanks, Phil. And let's do it again sometime. Amen. Grace and peace, friends. All right. Hey friends, Phil here again. Before we go, I just want to say thank you again for joining us for this special episode. I pray that you are blessed, challenged, and encouraged. I highly encourage you to check out Father Albert's website and many of the books that he has written. You can find the link to that website in the show notes, so right before, or right below wherever you are listening to this. I know they've been a blessing to me, and if you desire to go deeper into some of these spiritual disciplines, that is a great next step to take. And friends, if you enjoyed this, we would love if you would leave us a review on Apple iTunes, on the Apple Podcast app. That's a huge blessing to us and helps the podcast to reach more people. So thank you again, friends. Until next time, grace and peace be with you.